Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, July 19th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. That's great. It starts with an earthquake, birds and snakes and aeroplanes, and Lenny Bruce is not afraid. Nothing? Okay. The other night I drifted nice continental drift divide, mountain sit in line, Leonard Bernstein. Oh, yes, it's the end of the world, <laughs> as we know it. Yes, because <laughs> James and I just spent about five minutes trying to figure out what modernish patter list song included Leonard Bernstein. He thought it was La Viva Wem from Rent. I thought it was We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. It is actually It's the End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M. So we were both very wrong. Well, we have uh, the Boston Symphony Orchestra is coming up on August 25th uh, with a Leonard Bernstein. Bernstein? Bernstein. Stein. <laughs> Stein. <laughs> Thank you, Leslie Odom Jr. and Kat McPhee. Yes, exactly. Um, coming up, uh, Tanglewood. So, uh, and we'll yeah. be talking more about that later on. So, oh, yes, we will. All right. First up in the news, we had some sad news yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, we really did. Yesterday, we learned that Tony-winning star Gary Beach had passed away at the age of 70 years old. Beach won the Tony, Drama Desk, and Outer Critics Circle Awards for originating the role of the Keep It Gay director Roger Debris in the original Broadway production of The Producers. He also created the role of Lumiere in the Broadway production of Beauty and the Beast and played Albin in the 2004 Broadway revival of La Caja Falls. He was most recently seen on Broadway as Tenardier in the 2006 revival of Les Miserables. He has many other credits, not only on Broadway, uh, but on screen and on stages around the country and on tours. Gary is survived by his husband, uh, Jeffrey Barnett. And James, it just seems like, I mean, just about everybody in the theater community either loved Gary Beach because they grew up with him on the producers and and, uh, Beauty and the Beast cast albums or worked with him somewhere. It just seems like he was one of those guys who was genuinely kind and giving with everybody that he came in touch with. And his um, his absence now will be a uh, a, have a profound impact on a lot of people. Yeah, um, he was one of those people that you could have called the mayor of Broadway, Uh, beloved by everybody. And uh, wonderful remembrances all over social media on Wednesday and into Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. Such a a great, fun performer. So maybe uh, sit back and listen to a little producers tonight or today uh, as you uh, maybe remember the life of Gary Beach. What's wonderful about this next story is that it showed me (laughs) that people actually (laughs) listen to this show. because. I have gotten this uh, link from listeners all over social media, on text messages, on uh, on on DMs. I slide it up email. into my DMs and email and things like that. So Springsteen on Broadway to debut on Netflix this December. Yeah, I wasn't sure exactly how you were going to feel about this one, James. You and I were actually just coincidentally texting when I got the press release. Uh, but I think I just text what I just text you. Holy shit. And you yeah. didn't know what I was talking about <laughs> until I copied the first paragraph. Um, but yes, it was announced yesterday that the toughest and most expensive ticket to get in New York Springsteen on Broadway will now be available for free. When you borrow your parents, brothers, or ex's <laughs> Netflix password <laughs> beginning in December, 
Um, Netflix is reportedly filming two nights of the concert this week. I think it actually might have been Tuesday and Wednesday night. Um, and this will be available to stream beginning on December 15th at the same day as the show's Broadway closing. Now, James, does it make you feel any better about not being cool enough to get tickets to see it in person yet? Or does it make you feel worse that you're going to get to see it, but only kind of like a recreation of what it would have been to be inside the Kerr Theater? Well, I see it as uh, if Netflix did not do this, I would never see it. But uh, now that Netflix is doing it, I will see a piece of it, and I will probably be longing and wishing that I had shelled out the 750 bucks for a ticket. Cool. Yeah, painful. Just painful. Yeah, I mean, th- this is the you know one of those rare occasions where there's almost n- – it, no chance to see this show if you don't win that lottery unless you want to pay massive amounts of money and all these other things that are streamed or recorded for posterity's sake and then put on whatever various services there's a pretty good chance that if you wanted to see it on stage you could have this is one of those cases where you know if you don't win that verified fan lotto like you james after you've entered with like your entire bot farm um if you don't win i think they're you on can't to me see it. Uh, yeah, everyone's uh, getting rid of all the bots on on Sunday for thing. But anyway, you know, so this is a different thing than like with, um, you know, falsettos or she loves me or even newsies. You know, these are these. This is something that's very different. So I'm I'm interested to see what the reaction to this will be. Um, I'm just kind of hoping that you know maybe he actually sings in this and doesn't just do a two hour long monologue like he did on the tone. <laughs> hey, don't go after Bruce. Sorry. Well, you know, I, I was having this discussion with some folks on Twitter yesterday. I'm starting to wonder that as we see more and more investment from Audible into theater, we've seen stuff with Harry Clark and Girls and Boys and now this after Anna Tevka concert uh, that we talked about yesterday. I wonder if Amazon, they have their own streaming service. I wonder if they're ever going to get in to the capturing and distribution of theatrical content. I mean, they – I. You know, they they've produced major motion pictures and award winning, you know, movies and TV shows. So it's not like they're just, you know, kind of, you know, collecting things that have already been produced. They are out there investing money in new original content. So I'm wondering if Audible, which is a division of Amazon, might be them dipping their toe into, you know, investing in, you know, filming a Broadway show down the road. I would love that. I would love to see Amazon and Netflix and Hulu fight with Broadway HD to kind of maybe collaborate with Broadway HD to uh, to try to get more of this stuff out there in one way or another. Yeah, I could see Hulu buying Broadway HD if if yeah. Broadway HD is actually for sale. Uh, I, I'm a reader of uh, Business Insider. Do you read Business Insider, uh, the mm, website? No. Uh, so they had a thing the other day where Netflix has spent over thirty billion on original content since mm-hmm. two thousand fourteen. Thirty billion. Yeah. Yep. Five uh, to six billion a year in original content. It's absurd. Yeah. And uh, Jeff Bezos is now the wealthiest person in the world. Yes. In, in number one on the list in the world. Yes. So yes. perhaps he has some extra change to uh, bring Broadway to the masses. Which should be, or very, you know, or or maybe pay his employees a living wage. But yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, something I uh, tangentially I wanted to. I read something about Billy Joel the other day, and I wanted. Oh, I to know re- what the, Yeah, 
I can I guess? Yeah. That he I saw that he set a record for the most sellouts in a single venue in the history of whatever recording uh, operation that is with, with over a hundred sellouts at Madison, Madison Square, Garden. Square Garden. Is that it? Nope. What did that, I say? That that's interesting, but that's not it. Oh, okay. Uh, go ahead. But uh, the Billy Joel in residence at Madison Square Garden, uh, you know, might lead to uh, Bruce Springsteen returning to Broadway, maybe, you know, a little comp- competition between the two. But um, Billy Joel, in a twist of, uh, of what we see on Broadway, does not sell the first two rows. So uh, he was frustrated with seeing uh, scalpers and uh, what they were terming as uh, boring white people in the front, uh, boring rich white people in the front two rows. So he actually does not sell the front two rows. And as the show starts, people um, that work for work as part of the production team go out to find fans who have bad seats and they pull them into the front rows. Wait, this is wait, who is this is Billy or Bruce? Billy Joel. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So those concerts at Madison Square Garden, they don't sell the front front two rows and they uh, pull fans who have not ideal tickets into and they randomly pull people into those first two rows. That's awesome. Yeah, I would love to see more Billy Joel. On Broadway, I even though I know his two disc greatest hits inside and out, I mm-hmm. still wore out that Michael Cavanaugh cast recording of moving out when it came out I don't know, 15, 16 years mm-hmm. ago. So uh, I never saw the show. I mean, obviously, it was a dance heavy show, but I wore that cast album out. So I would I would love to see whether it's that or something else. Billy Joel related on Broadway, even if it's just him, because he is he's one of my favorites. Have we ever talked about Billy Joel at Princeton? He did a master class at Princeton. Yes. Yeah, I think we've talked about it. And he had brought a student uh, a student asked a question and asked if he could perform with him. Is that it? Um, it's it's a four disc set. Um, oh, no. Uh, it's a four-disc set where he talks about the genesis of his career and different things he does. And it's very much it, – it's just like a – what I would imagine the Bruce Springsteen show is, where he plays some of his very music, cool. tells stories and things like that. Uh, uh, so it, it's it's really cool. I guess we didn't talk about that. We'll no, to, and he uh, – See if that's, we that up. Yeah, and that's very similar to what he does when um, he has his serious XM Billy Joel channel. He talks a lot about the shows and plays them and kind of explains what the the impetus was for those songs, both from the storytelling standpoint and from the music. But anyway, we are so far off the beaten track we here. Are. Let's let's get back to uh, the script, James. Sure. So what do we have in recommendations? All right, I have two videos, and since we rambled on about nonsensical things, I'll just uh, tell you what they are. Uh Yesterday, yeah, yesterday, I'm getting my days confused. Um, we got an inside look at the rehearsal studio for the upcoming Encores Off Center season finale show, Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope, directed by Savion Glover. Um, we talked about the cast yesterday. Um, there's a video of them performing uh, in the show notes if you want to uh, check that out. The other video, really, honestly, James, shocked me to my core. And this is an actual video of the production. Of Hello Dolly on Broadway. This is the first video that we've had 
in more than in almost a year and a half of it being on Broadway that Scott Rudin, the producer, has allowed to get out there. He did not release any pre-roll when the show first came to Broadway, but we did get some video of Bette Midler making her return. It is uh, the actual scene where she comes on stage. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it in a year and a half, she's riding on the trolley. Three women have newspapers up. One, two, three, they all take the newspapers down. The third one is her. She obviously got a uh, entrance applause, so to speak, entrance standing ovation. But I was kind of shocked that Scott Rudin actually allowed that video to go out into the world. Hmm. I, I didn't realize that there was no video at this point. Perhaps uh, ticket sales maybe not be where they were, were expected nah. to be. <laughs> I I don't think so. I mean, it's only there for a month, and it was like 45 seconds of video. I just think it's at this point he's like, yeah, whatever. The show's closing. I don't need to worry about my social media blackouts and stuff. <laughs> All right, Matt, what other news do we have? All right, a few more stories before we get you on your way. And there's some pretty interesting ones here, too, James. Yesterday, the Public Theater announced the cast for the North American premiere of the Connor McPherson Bob Dylan musical Girl from the North Country. Now, this is an original story with Bob Dylan trunk songs added in. The cast will be completely new, and none of the UK stars of the show will be transferring with it. This U.S. production will star one of our favorites, Mark Kudish. Uh, Mar, uh, Mar Winningham, Sydney James Harcourt, Luba Mason, Stephen Bogardist, Caitlin Houlihan, who just left Waitress this weekend, David Pitsu, Colton Ryan, Samantha, Mayor, uh, um, Samantha Marie Ware, and more. The show will begin previews on September 11th and is currently scheduled to run off-Broadway through November 4th. I have a feeling that one will be extended and or transfer to Broadway sometime soon, maybe even this spring. Next, another casting news. What may or may not be related to the recent intra-cast dust-up, Dame Diana Rigg will officially depart her criminally nominated performance of Mrs. Higgins in My Fair Lady on Broadway on September 9th. That would put her in the show for just under six months. Now, she is a 2018 Emmy nominee for her guest appearance on Game of Thrones, and the Emmys are the next week on September 17th, so maybe she figured she'd just leave the show entirely rather than calling out for the uh, uh, the award ceremony. <laughs> now, no replacement has been announced yet, but James, I'm not suggesting that her fairly public beef with leading lady Lauren Ambrose or director Bart Shear throwing shade at her on Twitter had anything to do with her leaving the show potentially earlier than originally planned. She's a dame. She maybe she didn't want to do more than six months. Who knows? Um, but I'm certainly not going to rule out the fact that backstage squabbles had anything to do with her leaving. What seems like it to be, it has to be sooner than originally planned. Hmm. So, uh, <laughs> I saw something from Richard J. Alexander today that was... Oh, uh, Richard J. Oh, Richard J. He said that uh, he was reposting something that somebody else posted that said that one of the patrons at My Fair Lady just walked up onto the stage at Lincoln Center to look for the bathroom. So oh. uh, <laughs> maybe uh, the dame said, maybe it's time to take our leave here. Yeah. Probably. All right. Speaking of taking your leave, I don't know how I'm going to make this transition work. But next up, it appears that a 2018-2019 Broadway production of Dreamgirls is moving forward. It will have an equity principal audition later this month on July 30th. 
directed by Casey Nicola and produced by Sonia Friedman Productions. This will be a transfer of the currently running West End production, which originally starred Amber Riley. Uh, no casting obviously has been attached to it. And just because they're having principal auditions doesn't mean that they aren't transferring some of the folks over from the UK. This is an equity requirement until contracts are signed. More information uh, will be available soon and we'll bring it to you then. And finally, the Keen Company announced its 19th season. And I'm so excited because it will kick off with a production of Adam Guan's four-person musical, Ordinary Days, which I actually mentioned on the show earlier this week, um, from October 2nd through November 17th. I love this show, so I'm definitely going to make sure I see it when I'm in town this fall. And then in the spring, Surely Goodness and Mercy by playwright Chissa Hutchinson will run from February 27th through April 14th. If you would like information on any or all of these stories, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at BWWMATT. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for uh, spending some of your Thursday with us, and uh, we'll be back and talk with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.